أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح حي على الفلاح Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. <coughs> يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم نقيبا وقال تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما صدق الله العظيم وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم في الحديث فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضاد في النار أما بعد I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that just as he has gathered us today here on this day of Jum'ah, may Allah gather us in the day of, on the day of judgment in Jadal Firdaus al-A'la in the companionship of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his sahaba, Amir Rabbil Alameen. Brothers and sisters, 
Subhanallah, one of the most beautiful things that we learn about Islam and the development of Islam in the time of the Prophet was that it was a society that was considered as a jahiliya society. A society that had been ravaged by ignorance and injustices and inequality. And the Prophet one of the very first things that he did is that he established rights for everyone in the community. When the Prophet came, he saw that one of the practices that was predominant in the Arab society was that they were burying their daughters alive. Immediately, the Prophet through the wahi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he addressed that issue. And not only that, the fact that the Prophet he had sons and he had daughters, but the sons passed away in their infant stages. And it was these women and the daughters of the Prophet ﷺ that lived a longer life. The Prophet ﷺ, he taught everyone the importance of their rights. And then not only that, but if we study Surah An-Nisa and other surahs, the Madani surahs, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he obliterated all the ignorant practices and all the jahiliya practices. Especially those that were happening in families. Especially those that were happening against women. And the Prophet ﷺ was able to, through the wahi of Allah, establish justice across the board. When the Prophet ﷺ would talk about rights, he would not just address only one group of the community, but he would address everyone. When he would talk about the rights of the husband, he would talk about the rights of the wife too. Whenever the Prophet ﷺ would talk about the rights of the, of the parents, he would talk about the rights of the children too. When the Prophet ﷺ would talk about the rights of the family, he would talk about the rights of the relatives too. Not just your immediate family, but the relatives too. And the Prophet ﷺ, he even taught us the how do we treat our own neighbors? How do we treat different people in the community? Even there might be people who are peaceful, how do you work with them? There might be people who are toxic in the community, how do you work with them? Because the Prophet ﷺ did not live in a utopian kind of situation. He did not live in a perfect situation. And the reason why the Prophet ﷺ was not sent to a perfect world, and a perfect society, and a perfect community, why? Because Allah knows that there will come people after that. That they will also be living in a very chaotic situation. Sometimes chaos will be in the family. Sometimes chaos will be in the society, in the Muslim community. And sometimes chaos will be on a larger scale in the society and in the country that they live in. So that is why the Prophet ﷺ, he taught us that what do we do in these kind of situations. When we talk about the rights of people around us, Hassan al-Basri rahmatullahi alayhi, he says that one of the worst injustices that you can do is that you are disrespectful to your parents. You are disrespectful to your parents. And the Qur'an very explicitly mentions that what is the rights and what, are, what is the status of the parents. See, the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given parents such a maqam and such a status is because being a parent is not easy. You have to give up a social life. You have, to make, you have to make really big sacrifices on your end. When two people, they get into a bond of marriage, when they come together in the bonds of marriage, and they're living together, things are still a little easy. But the minute a child comes into that family, things change forever. Now the focus becomes a child, and they have to make enormous amount of sacrifices let alone the fact that if there are sicknesses, there are other challenges in the family, for such as if the child is growing up and they are considered such as special needs, 
there is an additional challenge that comes upon the parents. Or let's just say there are some other health concerns that the child has to go through. It's not easy being a parent. And the greater the sacrifice, that's the greater the maqam is, the greater the reward is, and the greater respect is too. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has institutionalized the rights and the respect for parents. We find in Surah Al-Isra, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about shirk, He says that what an evil act it is, that do not commit shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Allah mentions many things, that do not do this and do this. But when the, the very first thing, not one of the very first things, the first thing that Allah mentions after shirk is that respect your parents. وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّاهُ وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا Allah mentions that respect your parents, treat them with ihsan, do your best when it comes to their treatment. إِمَّا يَبْلُغَنَّ عِنْدَكَ الْكِبْرَ أَحَدُهُمَا أَوْ كِلَاهُمَا فَلَا تَقُلْ لَهُمَا أُفْ Do not say anything that in society it is considered as offensive. When the word uf has been used in the Qur'an, the, the point is not literally to say uf to your parents. The point is that do not say anything offensive that is classified as offensive in our society, in your culture and so forth. But be absolutely respect, respectful to your parents. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, وَاخْفِضْ لَهُمَا جَنَاحَ الذُّلِّ مِنَ الرَّحْمَةِ Though no matter what your status is in the world, you may have a great status at work, you may be considered as a leader of the community. You may have a great status at home and in the community also. And people recognize you and people show you respect. But no matter what it is, what accolades you have achieved in life, when it comes to your parents, lower those wings. See, when a plane takes off, it, the wings are out there. If you see the a plane taking off and landing, the wings spread. That wing spreads. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that lower your wings when it comes to your parents. Meaning that when it comes to your parents, even though they may be in need of you, but you treat them and you behave with them as if they are the ones who are in power. As if they are the ones who have more authority over you. Because at that time, any person would feel that right now my parents are in need of me. They are in need of me. I'm the one who's in the position of power and the authority. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that is not how you are supposed to treat your parents. We also find the importance of looking after our parents and doing the best that we can, especially when they reach uh, that age where they are in need of others, when they are in need of their children. And yes, many times we do live apart. We live apart in cities and sometimes states and even countries. So what are we supposed to do in that kind of situation? We show and we, we show that love and we try to call out to them and reach out to them and see if there's anything that we can do for them. Yes, at times there are limitations. There are certainly limitations, but you do the best that you can do for your parents. In fact, I want to share with you a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, a hadith that you and I are very well aware of. It is a hadith that we hear every single Ramadan about the importance of seeking repentance in Ramadan. The hadith about the Prophet ﷺ ascending the steps, and Jibreel ﷺ is making a dua, and the Prophet ﷺ is saying, Ameen. And one of those was, that may the curse of Allah be upon that person, who found his parents in a senior age. They were seniors, but he did not serve them enough, that that was their, that that was their gate to Jannah, that that was their ability to get into Jannah. 
And through by serving them, they could have gotten Jannah, but they did not avail of that opportunity. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Ameen. Now think about this hadith for a moment and ask yourself this. The Prophet ﷺ is known as Rahmatul Lil Alameen. He is considered as a Rahmah, a source of Rahmah. Whenever we talk about the akhlaq of the Prophet ﷺ, we learn that how humble he was, and how caring he was, and how kind he was. We learn about the story of Tufail ibn Amr al-Dawsi that when he came to the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Ya Rasulullah, my community, they're not taking Islam, they're not accepting the shahada. I gave them da'wah, but they just simply declined. And so therefore, pray against them. Make dua against them. Pray that Allah's wrath comes upon them. And the Prophet ﷺ, he raised his hand and he says, Allahumma mahdi dawus. Oh Allah, give hidayah to dawus. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ was not the type, and he mentioned it to Tufayl ibn Amr al-Dawsi, that I have not been sent as a person to send or to pray for Allah's wrath upon other people, but I have been sent as a rahmah. This same person, this same Prophet, he's saying ameen to the wrath, the, the dua of the, of the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the dua made by Jibreel alayhi salam, that hadith shows us that how powerful this idea is to serve your parents, to be there, especially when they become seniors. When they are, have become helpless, when their joints have become weak, when they have become fragile, then you have to be there and do the best that you can. We also learn that a man existed in the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we talk about that many times, going and being there for the Prophet ﷺ. The Sahaba would die, they would do anything they could just to be around Rasulullah ﷺ. They loved his company. And it's no different than today, when a person says, I want to go and give da'wah. I want to go out and do this. I want to go out and do that. I want to take care, I want to put out the fires of the world. But at the same time, your parents are also very important. And there was a man who existed in the time of the Prophet ﷺ. And the Prophet ﷺ was made aware of this man. That he gave up. Think about this. He gave up. Would any of us, would any of us give up the company of the Prophet ﷺ? We would not. We would do everything that we can to be in the company of the Prophet ﷺ. If we were told that you can see Rasulullah ﷺ, be with Rasulullah ﷺ, give up everything that you have, some of us will be, will be willing to give up everything that we have just to be in the company of the Prophet That's how much we cherish that. But this man, he gave up the company of the Prophet Why? Just simply so that he can serve his mother. That's it. And the Prophet he told Sahaba such as Umar ibn Khattab that when this man comes, when you come across this man, or he comes across you, and you will, then tell him to make dua for you. Why, Ya Rasulullah? Why? Because this man, he was there with his mother. He was there for his parents. When they needed him most, he gave up being in my company just so that he can be with his mother. SubhanAllah. Think about that for a moment. And Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu an and other sahaba, when they saw this man, Uwaysa Qarni, rahmatullahi alayhi, when they saw him, they went to him and they asked him that are you Uwais Qarni, the man who gave up the company of the Prophet who did not travel to be around Rasulullah so that you can be with your mother? And he says, yes, I'm that man. Then they said that this is what the Prophet said about you and therefore we are requesting you to make dua for us. So brothers and sisters, we understand 
We see in the Quran, we see in the Sunnah, the importance of being there with our family, the importance of respecting our parents, the importance of making sure that we don't do anything that is considered as offensive, that is considered and that is classified as disrespectful. We don't do anything like that. But at the same time, at the same time, there is something that's very important when it comes to respecting parents. And that is that, before I go any further, I have to say this, that we cannot pretend that we live in a perfect world. Not all families are perfectly fine. In fact, there are many families in every single society that there is no harmony between the parents and the children. There is a lot of chaos in the families. So let's not pretend that there are no problems in our society. Sometimes we just want to, you know, take the problem and, you know, you know, you know, move it and, you know, sweep it under the rug and just simply, simply ignore it. Why? Because we don't want to address these issues. When, but when the Prophet has addressed issues, when Allah addresses issues and problems, then there is no problem in addressing those problems either. Inshallah, I'll talk about that in the next part of the khutbah. Barakallahu lana wa lakum fi Qur'an azim wa nafa'ana wa iyyakum ladi wa dhikil hakim astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa lisa'i muslimin fastaghfiru inna wal ghafur rahim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. In alhamdulillah, nahmuduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'afiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina wa min sayyati amalina. Man yahdihi illa fulam mudhillalah wa man yudhil falahadiyalah. Wa nashadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah. Wa nashadu anna muhammadan abduhu rasoolu amma ba'd. As I mentioned earlier that disrespect, and I do want to mention that there are many forms of disrespect. Raising your voice in front of your parents is a disrespect. Um, saying something to them that is socially unacceptable to your parents is a, uh, is a uh, type of disrespect. Showing any kind of gestures or expressing your uh, gesture that is socially considered as disrespectful, such as parents are talking and you just roll your eyes. You just give them no regards to what they're trying to say to you or what advices they're trying to give you that's considered as a disrespect. At the same time, when the parents are talking and you simply just walk away, and you show disregard, total disregard to, to what they're trying to say to you, that is considered as a disrespect. Or when you are walking away and you just mumble something, something, you know, children have this habit, mumbling something, you know, of disgust and just walking, it, walking away and saying these kind of things, that is also a form of disrespect. So these are things that we all understand. But at the same time, we have to understand too that when it comes to obedience, there's only one entity, there's only one that requires our unconditional obedience. And that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If there is anyone else who says that you have to show me unconditional obedience, they are absolutely wrong. They are absolutely wrong. They're because when at times as parents, when we put these kind of expectations on our children and we play what we call in society the parent card that you have to listen to me under all circumstances and you have to agree to me in all circumstances and no matter what you want, I don't care what you want but you're gonna do what I tell you to do this is that unconditional obedience and then not only that but we threaten our children on that too that if you do not listen to me, then Allah will do such and such. And we have this habit of then texting our children 
all the ahadith that we find in the Sunan about what it means to be disrespectful. Brothers and sisters, as parents, we have to understand that what we are expecting from our children, this unconditional obedience, there's only one who's deserving of that unconditional obedience, and that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is it. That's where it stops. We have to understand that. And so today there are so many problems in our families. Why? Because we have truly misunderstood what the term disrespect means. And what does disagreement mean? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about this in the Quran. He says that what if you have toxic parents? What if you have a situation in your family? Once again, it's not about sweeping the problem under the rug. It's about addressing it head on. Taking the bull by the horns and addressing this problem. Because not every single family is a perfect family. So what if you are in a situation that you do have toxic parents? People, parents who emotionally abuse their children. You know, psychologically they demean them. Are physically abusive towards them. They destroy their confidence. They belittle them in every single situation of life. Why? Because the way culturally, many of us, the way we grew up, when our parents would belittle us, when they would demean us, it was a motivation for us. But we have to understand that in America, that's not the way it works. When you belittle your children, when you demean your children, you are destroying that any confidence that they have. As it is, our confidence are shot. The, kid, the confidence within our children today is shot as it is. I'm being straightforward here about this. And then as parents, when we keep on doing this to our children, we're destroying anything that they have inside them. And that's not going to motivate them. You cannot treat them the way we were probably, grew, the way you grew up, or the way things would work overseas. You cannot do that. So once again, when you have this kind of situation, Allah tells us that when you have toxic parents like this, how are you supposed to deal with the situation? The first thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that do not listen to them. If you have parents who are telling you to do something that is wrong, something that is haram, Something that has been considered as forbidden by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah makes it very clear, that do not listen to them, do not obey them. You have a right to say, and you don't have to be disrespectful, but you simply, in a very humble, very humble way, once again, lower the wings. Lower the wings, be humble about it, and simply move forward. But you do not have to obey them in that kind of situation. If they're telling you to do something that is considered as unlawful in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then Allah also taught us that how do you, how do you treat your parents after that? And He says, وَصَاحِبُهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا معروفة. That that doesn't mean that you just completely abandon your parents. Be around them. Go to them. Yes, at times, let me be very clear also that sometimes there are problems in our family so much so, that you may have to go. And that means that if your parents are so upset with you, and you're going to have to hear an earful, then hear the earful. Take it in, and go there, but be around them. Just give them your company. That's what Allah is telling us to do. وَصَاحِبُهُمَا This word comes from suhba. Suhba means companionship, company. Just be there in their company. Allah is not saying to you, Allah is not telling us that then you correct them if they say something to you. Because it happens so many times that when our parents, may Allah give them a long life and may Allah give them health. But when they get to that certain age in life, 
Sometimes they don't understand what they're saying. Sometimes they may say something that is that you totally disagree with. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَصَاحِبَهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا مَعْرُوفًا Allah did not say that if they disagree with you, you have to correct them. Or if they say something that is wrong, that you have to correct them. And you have to put them in their place. That's not what Allah is saying. Allah is saying, وَصَاحِبَهُمَا Give them your suhbah. That's all that Allah is telling us to do. At the same time, what is considered as not disrespect, that's also very important to mention. Because this is something that is also ravaging and it's really affecting our society and our families so much so that it's very important that I have to discuss this. Parents, if you have a certain choice, for example, you want your son or daughter to take a certain career path, and they say that, no, I want to take this career path. I want to take this career path. They disagree. Listen to me very carefully. That's not disrespect. Stop sending your children text that because you disagreed with me, you have hurt me, and now you are going to be answerable by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's not a disrespect. That's simply a disagreement. How many times does it happen in our own communities, in our own Muslim communities across the world, that a man wants to marry a certain girl, a girl wants to marry a certain boy, not realizing that love comes from Allah and is set into the heart. Now I understand that there are limitations set by our sharia. A man can marry such and such women and he cannot marry such and such women. A woman is allowed to marry such and such men and she's not allowed to marry such and such men. We're not talking about those kind of situations that if the boy or the girl wants to marry someone that Sharia has said no to. We're not talking about those kinds of situations. We're talking about that if they come across a certain person that they like, that they love, and Allah has put the love into their heart, and you may disagree with it. Totally, you may disagree with it. You probably don't like the boy, you don't probably don't like the girl. And at that time, if you come to your child and you say that this is a disrespect, you are absolutely wrong. That's not a disrespect. Yes, they, came, they went against your wish, but that's not a disrespect. We have to understand the difference between a disagreement and a disrespect. How many times we hear stories? We hear the story about Ibrahim coming to his own son Ismail. And he gives him that hint that changed the covers of your door. It was a sign that I need to separate from my wife. When Umar ibn Khattab is telling his own son Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma to, to separate from his wife, to divorce his wife. Do you know how many times right now I hear in our society that parents come forward and they're telling their children, go ahead and divorce your wife. And when I ask the child, why? And I ask the young man, why did you divorce your wife? Because my mom said so. That's it. Because my mom said so. Or my dad said so. And I simply asked them, that do you, is this unconditional obedience? And they are telling me that my parents are telling me that I have to, in all circumstances, listen to them. Once again, I will tell you what many of the ulama are saying today. Sheikh ibn Uthaymeen, ibn Baz, many scholars, they have said that when someone says, when a parent tells their child that go and divorce your wife, and they've done nothing wrong. We're talking about the situation that they've done nothing wrong. There's nothing necessarily wrong with them. But just because your parents tell you to do it, and if you say no, I will not, and the parents get upset. Listen to this very carefully. 
I'm going to be very blunt about this. That's not a disrespect. That may be a disagreement, but it's not a disrespect. And you may get upset and that's fine. That's your choice. But you got to understand that it is absolutely wrong. And how many times do I see? Because people keep on bringing up the same story that when Umar ibn Khattab can tell his son to go and divorce his wife. When Ibrahim can tell his son, go and divorce his wife. My question to, to you is, do you have the same level of Iman as Ibrahim and, and Umar ibn Khattab? Let me give that answer by saying, no, you don't. So it's wrong when parents come and they put that on their children and say, go and divorce your wife for no apparent reason. It's an injustice against the girl. And you know how many times I hear about this? Why? Because I have to listen to my parents. That is where you're wrong. You don't have to listen to your parents in that kind of situation. I know that some parents are going to be upset by me saying this, but this is what our deen is. And when we see this fire that is happening in the community, I will address it. And this is what we're seeing today. So brothers and sisters, especially as parents, number one, as I said earlier in the beginning of the khutbah, respect has to be given to the parents. There is no question about that. Even if you've got into an argument with your parents, you have to show respect to your parents because that is what Allah has mentioned. There is no question about that. But at the same time, as parents, we need to also understand that this is number one, an amana from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You think I will get away with it? We will get away with it? No, we will be questioned on the day of judgment about this. That I gave you a maqam, I gave you a status. How did you take care of that status? I put you in the position of leadership. How do you take care and how did you execute that role of leadership? Allah will ask us this. But that also means that when we talk about unconditional obedience, unconditional obedience is only owed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If our parents are telling us do something that is wrong, and as parents, please, do not put your children in this kind of situation. It's absolutely wrong. When you tell them to do something, and you get upset because they disagree with you, or you're telling them to do something that is absolutely wrong, absolutely that is wrong, and they say no to you, it is not a disrespect, it's considered as a disagreement. And in our deen, there is nothing wrong when you disagree with someone. There is nothing that is wrong. When Umar ibn Khattab and Abu Bakr, when, when Umar ibn Khattab can disagree with the Prophet and Allah never reprimanded him, Allah never got upset with that, that means that if the Prophet can accept it, anyone, any one of us can accept it too. Disagreement is something different than disrespect. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give all of us ability to fulfill each other's rights. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us ability and make us amongst those who have been able to fulfill everyone's rights around us. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that no matter what situation we are in, whether I'm a sibling, whether I'm a parent, whether I'm a mother or a father, in whatever situation we may be, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us tawfiq to take care of everyone's rights around us. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring peace to our families, to bring harmony to our families. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send his sakina and his rahmah upon our communities. Ameen Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma ansur Islam wal Muslimin. Allahumma ansur Islam wal Muslimin fi kulli makan. Allahumma ansurna ala man khalafana. Wahfad biladana wa aslih awladana. Washfi mawdana wa afi mawtalana. Warham mawtana wa khud biaydina ila kulli khayr. Wa asimna min kulli shar. Wahfadna min kulli dhayr. Allahumma qasimna min khashatika ma ta'hulu bihi. Bihi bayna wa bayna ma'ala. 
معصيتك ومن طاعتك ما تبلغنا به جنتك ومن يقين ما تهون به علينا مصائب الدنيا ومتعنا بأسماعنا وأبصارنا وقواتنا ما حيتنا وجعله الوارث منا وجعل ثأرنا على من ظلمنا وانصرنا على من عادانا ولا تجعل مصيبتنا في ديننا ولا تجعل الدنيا أكبر همنا ولا مبلغ علمنا ولا إلى النار مصيرنا ولا تسلط علينا من لا يرحمنا اللهم إنا نسلك علما نافعا وعملا متقبلا ورزقا واسعا وشفاء من كل داء اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من علم لا ينفع ومن قلب لا يخشع ومن نفس لا تشبع ومن دعاء لا يستجاب ومن دعاء لا يستجاب ومن دعاء لا يستجاب أمين رب العالمين إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغض يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون أقم الصلاة Uh, please come forward, make sure um, there's enough space inside the main hall that no one should be praying in the back except for our elders and our seniors. Please everyone come in the front, inshallah, there's a lot of space, immense amount of space in the main prayer hall. Please make sure that if you're coming inside, usually on my, on my right, there's a lot of space. So people who are coming in, they usually just start forming new rows. There's usually a lot of space here on my right, where I'm pointing at right now. Please come all the way. Make sure the rows are complete. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله صوت سوكم مسد الخلل straight lines fill in the gaps الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين قل أعوذ برب الفلق من شر ما خلق ومن شر غاسق إذا وقب ومن شر النفاثات في العقد ومن شر حاسد إذا حسد الله أكبر
Sami'allahu liman hamida Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Maliki Yawm Ad-Din Iyaka Na'budu wa Iyaka Nasta'in Ihdina Sirat Al-Mustaqim Sirat Al-Ladhina An'amta Alayhim Ghayril Maghdubi Alayhim Walad-Dallin قل أعوذ برب الناس ملك الناس إله الناس من شر الوسواس الخناس الذي يوسوس في صدور الناس من الجنة والناس الله أكبر Sami'allahu liman hamida Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Please keep all those who are sick in our community, keep them in your dua. أذهب البأس رب الناس واشفي أنت الشافي لا شفاء إلا شفاءك شفاء لا يغادر سقما نسأل الله العظيم رب العرش العظيم أن يشفيهم All those who have also passed away just yesterday or yesterday we buried Brother Abu Ayman So please keep him in your dua. He used to come here for every single Jum'ah Subhanallah A man with such a beautiful smile May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep him smiling in the akhirah inshallah So please keep him in your dua. also Allahumma arham mawtana wa mawtal muslim and please on your way out uh, do donate inshallah generously as you all know that to run this masjid and to do all the programs that we are offering it all takes your donation so please on your way out do not leave it to others donate on your part inshallah Jazakumullah khair uh, Brother Murad has an announcement
Just two quick announcements, inshallah ta'ala. So regarding the Youth Terbiya program, uh, the, the poster is outside, inshallah. You can just scan the QR code, register your kids, third grade, all the way up to seniors in high school, inshallah. Everybody's welcome to register for that. Um, also, we're looking for 50 volunteers uh, for September 19th. We have about 100,000 meals being packed out here that Sunday, September 19th. And 50 of those volunteers we want to be from our youth uh, over here, inshallah. So uh, on your way out, there's a table, and the table has a QR code. You just scan the Q QR code, and it'll take you to the Sign Up Genius. And you could sign yourself up. Uh, not, you know, like basically, we're looking for 17 below, inshallah. Basically, like from 15, 14, 15 years old to 17, 18 years old, inshallah ta'ala. Um, also, tomorrow, for uh, youth 15 and above, we have a paintballing trip, inshallah. We're going paintballing uh, to Foley, Texas. Uh, ask me about it, inshallah, when on your way out. I'm going to be right there next to the table. Uh, basically, you go to tinyurl.com slash epicpaintballers. tinyurl.com slash epicpaintballers. You could sign up, inshallah. We already have about 40 people signed up. Inshallah, but sign up tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be a blast. 9 a.m. We'll be leaving here from 8 at 8, 8 o'clock, inshallah ta'ala. Or we could just meet up over there at 8.45. Jazakumullah uh, khair. And looking forward to kicking off the youth program starting from next Friday. So next Friday, inshallah, we're going to light things up uh, all over again. The tarbiyah program is going to be kicked off. And inshallah things are gonna be nice. Barakallah feekum. Assalamu alaikum.